0: Where President Trump does find fault in handling the pandemic is the World Health Organization, and he has threatened to cut U.S. funding because of it. I wish they could have told us earlier about what was going on inside. We didn't know about it until it started coming out publicly. China was very secretive. We're going to put a hold on money spent to the WHO. We're going to put a very powerful hold on it. One opposition lawmaker said this represents the death of Hong Kong. Here's Dennis Kwok. I just want to say to the international community that this is the end of hong kong this is the end of one country two system make no mistake about it that beijing the central people's government has completely breached its promise to the hong kong people a promise that was enshrined in the sino british joint declaration and the basic law two major powers one disputed himalayan border India and China
1: blame each other for confrontations over the past
0: month. All this incursion from the Chinese side is happening after the occupation of Tibet. Hence, Tibet is the main issue that India and China has to deal with.
2: Welcome to Z Podcast and I'm your host Tenzin Zompa in this episode we will talk to a member of tibetan parliament in exile mrs tenzin yudu and former president of students for a free tibet bangalore mr Kelsang tashi to hear their views on the three matters that we discussed in our last episode one china's growing influence on international bodies like the who two, the hong kong democracy movement and three the growing tension between the indian and chinese troops at the border China's influence over international organizations like the WHO was evident when Dr. Tedros Adhanom, the Director General of the WHO, in order to cover up China's mishandling of the early outbreak praised China's leadership for its quote-unquote openness to sharing information, while the administration was actually busy silencing and arresting medical officials who were spreading awareness about the deadly coronavirus. Not only this, but China's dominance over WHO has also blocked Taiwan, which till date has only seven death cases related to COVID, from becoming a member of the organization. Do you think not getting liable for this potential cover-up by the WHO will motivate China to further increase its clout over such so-called independent bodies?
1: It is very, very important to understand and analyse China's uh, posture, objectives and strategies within key international institutions which are supposed to be independent bodies in the last decade or so, China has been very, very strategic and aggressively building its influence and utilizing international organizations such as the UN, the World Bank, IMF. And off late with the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic, we've seen how it's built, it has built its influence on WHO as well, you know. And it's doing this all to kind of advance its own national interest. It's been helping these organizations and also been uh, kind of uh, competing with the U.S. and other Western powers to, uh, to come as a major funder and donor of these organizations. Not only is China building its influence in these institutions, but it's also spreading its influence in uh, countries of uh, Latin America, Asia, Africa, which are members of these institutions. For example, at the UN, uh, these are all member nations, and then China can buy their, uh, their support through aid and investment. So with the, what has happened is with the, with the global financial crisis, you know, which happened in 2007 uh, uh, and around 2007 to 2009, uh, economies like the US and all were kind of, you know, getting into kind of deep into the financial crisis and China was able to kind of come as an alternative and China was able to kind of grow and become this kind of bigger economic econ, economy and they became increasingly the source of aid and funding and you know kind of they also had this huge foreign currency reserve so they were able to kind of you know uh, kind of replace the us dominance so china has been kind of using that now to shape you know kind of its own kind of dominance in the world and also change trying to change the you know the rules of the game so I think, uh, you know, it's really, really uh, important that we see that and then um, try to see how we can, uh, other countries can, you know, de- try to kind of decrease the clout that China is increasingly having over all these uh, independent, so-called independent bodies, you know, all these international organizations.
2: Uh, Kadal, as a student activist, why is the RTYC digital campaign of Making China Accountable 2020 so important? And how do you think boycotting Chinese products will help Tibet's cause for freedom and independence?
0: Uh, thank you for the opportunity. I did support Tibetan Youth Congress 10 days digital campaign under hashtag Make China Accountable 2020. This is to amplify the global clearance call to make China accountable for maliciously covering up the information about the Wuhan originated epidemic and causing global pandemic. Boycotting Chinese products is one way to make China accountable because uh, the labor laws are hardly there. They are low paid and these lack of environmental accountability. They do a lot of copying and reverse engineering and they do not respect the rules of the game. They do not respect the international customs. So as Noong Chuk says, uh, they do not afraid the bullet powers, but they do afraid wallet powers. <laughs> well, but I can't really say if it is practical or not. I would say minimize Chinese product.
2: Uh, my second question to both of you is regarding the fight for independence and democracy in Hong Kong. Uh, while the movement while the movement in hong kong has gained worldwide attention and admiration for their impeccable resilience and consistency the national people congress has passed the controversial national security legislation on 28 may which according to latest reports will come into practice from july 1st this law prevents external interference in hong kong's affairs and criminalizes acts that threaten the so-called national security such as subversion and succession. so do you think the passage of this national security law China has proposed in Hong Kong has almost made Hong Kong China's next victim to Taiwan and Tibet.
1: When China took over Hong Kong from the British rule in 1997, it had agreed and signed to the adoption of a basic law uh, for 50 years, which provided for a one country, two system in Hong Kong. But over the years, China is really overruling those obligations and ripping it apart bit by bit, both in the interpretation of the basic law and then in the attempt to introduce new rules, such as the extradition bill in 2019 and the national security bill, uh, the controversial national security bill this year. They're both attempts to destroy the very fabric of democracy and human rights in Hong Kong. Hong Kong uh, is going through a very difficult time and Hong Kongers are expressing their extreme frustration uh, with the increasing interference of the People's Republic of China in their daily existence. If actually there, if there is a need for any change in the provision of the Basic Law, uh, according to the Basic Law, it needs to come from the Hong Kong Legislature and not from the National People's Congress of People's Republic of China. So these is the you know China really is trying to change the whole uh, what do you call it the legal framework of 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 Hong Kong you know and they want to bring it within the 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 Chinese kind of uh, framework so this is the problem but I think um, if you are saying that is Hong Kong going to be more like uh, next victim to Taiwan and Tibet? The three are same in some ways, but very different in many ways. Uh, we all yeah, do agree that the, all three of them are victims of Chinese aggression, but Taiwan is not a victim of China in the same way as uh, Tibet and Hong Kong. Taiwan, we all know, is a de facto independent and democratic country, but China is continuing to use its muscles to really prevent international recognition of Taiwan as an independent state. It's also threatening to use force when Taiwan is very, uh, what do you call it, uh, vocal and uh, about its, uh, you know, kind of status. So Taiwan really uh, is, for all purposes, it is an independent country, it has its own business dealings, it has its own democratically elected leader, but China wants Taiwan to become one with China. And we know that the majority of people in Taiwan wants recognition of Taiwan as a separate entity from China. More importantly, I think we all agree that the situation in Tibet is by far the worse. Tibet was illegally occupied by China and what we witness in Tibet today is nothing less than a cultural genocide. Tibetan identity and nationalism is being systematically wiped out. We know that Tibetans, our brothers and sisters, do not have the basic freedoms of belief, expression, of movement, of actually uh, learning in their own mother tongue. And there is huge surveillance and monitoring of Tibetans uh, with this massive Chinese apparatus, you know, of police, army, and increasingly the technology, the use of technology.
2: Kadala, uh, what is your view on the growing tension between Indian and Chinese troops at the line of actual control? And why, uh, why and how does Tibet have a significant say in this matter?
0: Um, the line of actual control, (LAC) is I think the game plan of China. It is a diversionary tactic to control the internal tension as well as the pressure from the international platform. During such clashes, Tibet is the core issue because India has shared the border with Tibet for thousands of years without any problems. But since the occupation of Tibet, India has been facing this attack from China. So once Tibet's issue is solved, the border dispute will be solved.
2: My last question for you, is or what do you draw out of China's behavior during this pandemic? Do you think its activity in South China's sea? Hong Kong, and now even India, is to divert the world's attention off itself, like many critics claim?
1: I do not think that China is doing what it is what it is doing at the moment at the Indian border, and South China Sea, and other countries around the world, just to divert attention from the pandemic. China has a much bigger design and ambition. It really is looking to carve a new world order with it as, as the most dominant power we are witnessing what I like to call Chinese colonialism, not just in Tibet, Hong Kong, Taiwan, but also on India and the rest of the world. It is using both its hard power and soft power to rule the world. Whether it's military aggression, like on the Indian border, or aid and development assistance to many countries in Africa, Asia, and Latin America, and even parts of Europe, like in Eastern Europe, and buying influences in major international organizations, most currently the WHO, or it's the cyber and technological dominance. China is using all these mechanisms to really conquer the world. So, therefore, it's extremely crucial to contain China and the world needs to wake up to this fact the world has made china what it is today china is the second largest economy but that's not uh, what is it is content with it wants much more than that it wants to see this new world order where it is at the helm so the world needs to wake up to that fact
2: thank you Yujinla and kadala for being a speaker on this podcast keep on listening to z podcast for more such insightful conversations